Well, just put your hands together for Pastor Bruce. He's going to come and share with us. Thank you, Bruce. It's an awesome man of God. Amen. So, um, are we all listening? Amen. Bless you, Bruce. Goedenavond, allemaal. Goedenavond. Goedenavond. Yeah, trust you guys are doing good. It's always great to be here. And uh, it's a big privilege, but I also know like the responsibility standing. You feel it. You know, it's like, it's an honor. But yeah, so we don't take it lightly. So you're ready. It's revived. It's revived conference. Revive is a big word because there's a lot of words you can put. There's revive, there's renew, there's restore, there's refresh, there's... Um, all of these re's <laughs> that you can put in, and, and it's a good time. How many of you guys know, it's, what did you say, it's a season for rain? And um, let's just start there. I think some of us got together, and we actually opened that this morning on Zechariah chapter 10. So let's do that, and we'll start from there. And we'll go from there. So I think tonight's going to be good. If you don't know where Zechariah is, you know what to do, eh? You go to the front of your Bible, and you look up in the index, although nobody likes to go to the index, everybody wants to show that they know where Zechariah is. Okay, verse 1, chapter 10, verse 1. Let's just read it. Ask, ask of the Lord, say ask. <laughs> Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter or spring rain. It is the Lord who makes lightnings, which usher in the rain and give men showers and grass to everyone in the field. James says something interesting. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. So it's possible to lack because of prayerlessness. So God actually wants us to, to pray. And in the time of it, he actually wants us to ask for it. And we need to, as a church, we need to come together and we actually need to realize, my goodness, it's time for rain. You know, in the Northern Cape, we come from Kimberley, um, in the Northern Cape, we're experiencing a hectic drought, a terrible, terrible drought. So it's time for rain. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, also with physically, and, and, and it just goes together. It's not like, if you're going to have a spiritual rain, you're going to have physical rain. You can experience a blessing in our country in our land, and so, but it's time that we come together and we ask for rain, so uh, we need to do that, we need to grab hold of each other, grab a believer and say, hey, let's, let's pray for rain, because you can feel it, you can feel in the, in the spirit there's a sense of urgency. The last uh, couple of months at our church, we've just been preaching harvest, and just saying it's harvest, it's harvest time, it's harvest, harvest, it's time, it's time for harvest, and I've kind of seen this announcement uh, go you know, it's been quite broad and all over people are preaching harvest. So, and also with the significance of this time, there's going to be rain. And we're going to experience a tremendous, tremendous uh, time of refreshment in our country. And I know it in our churches. Um, man, if you're watching from your church or wherever churches you represent, man, you're going to see revival. I know God's going to do it in, in all kinds of places, man. I'm expecting to see it. In here, church, I don't CRC, I don't name it. I'm expecting rain. I'm expecting revival. We're going to see it in our country. So, amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, and then, and then we'll just take it from there. He says, verse 19, popular scripture. You've heard it 
preached here many times. He says, repent. Okay? Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So now remember, repent doesn't necessarily mean say I'm sorry. Like we kind of understood repent means to change your mind. You know, now renew your mind. So when I change, when I make a turn, and it's got to do with, you know, aligning my thoughts, aligning my mind with what God wants to do. And he needs the church to align their thoughts with what God wants to do. Why? So he can send times of refreshing. So in the time of rain, ask for rain. Repent. Change your mind. And God will send times of refreshing. Uh, Come on. So I'm ready for times of refreshing. I'm ready for revival, whatever whatever it is. And I feel like it's overdue. It's overdue. And so I'm... Um, is that a other song? I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't, have you guys heard that song? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. He says, man, I'm just out of, I don't want to go into the motions, just being in the motions. I'm not coming to church for the blessings. Now I know, this, what's it? Psalm 133 says, forget not his blessings. Like Bill Johnson said, it's check the Greek. It means the same thing. Don't forget his blessings. But just, man, just the presence of God, just the outpouring. Jesus, we just want you. I'm just, wow, so hungry for for your presence. Amen. So Jesus taught us to pray, and he says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you want to look what times of refreshing looks like, we have to look what it looks like in heaven. The most predominant factor in heaven is the presence of God. And seeing it here, man. Just see it. Just visualize it. And it says, and then pray it. <laughs> so he needs us to pray. He needs us to ask. And when we ask, man, I'm telling you, God says he's going to give. He's going to give. But I understand that he needs people to be in alignment with what he wants to do. He needs his church. He needs a people that's thinking like he's thinking. That's aligned and says, hey, man, it's time. It's time of revival. It's a time of refreshment. So we're going to have a look at that, and, and that I really pray that when you walk out, that this will be practical in your life. It's practical. Amen. Whew. Thank you, Era. I think I've told this story many, many times, probably two or three times every time I've preached, and it, I'm quite famous for the story. But forgive me, I'm going to tell the story again, because while we were praying, I was reminded of it again. So you guys know that I went to Spirit Word. I studied under Quibus von Rendsburg. And uh, it was 2006. I think I started or finished Bible school in 2006. One of my duties was not just studying, but we had to clean the church. We had to look after the church. And uh, I'll never forget that day. It was my chance to vacuum the church. And it was still in the old building. But uh, for those who have been there before, do you remember those money uh, where they had the shredded monies? It was just after that. All right, it was just after that, and uh, the carpets, it's very similar to these carpets in certain areas. Those little monies would stick in those carpets. It would be very difficult to get, yes, it would be very difficult to get out those carpets. That day, I was um, vacuuming the church, and uh, back then, they didn't even have iPods. They had little MP3 players, and I had MP3 players with something like 30, 60 songs on. 
And I was listening to my music, and I was vacuuming the church. And while I was vacuuming, Prophet Corbis was, was a Sunday, uh, Sunday morning early. He was walking around in the church, and um, he was praying, just walking around in the church. And I was vacuuming, and it was just myself and Prophet Corbis in the building. And uh, he would come past, and when he came past, he would just smile at me. And then he would go again. And, you know, when someone is being friendly, it's fine. But after three, four times, and he smiles and he goes around again, I realized that something must be wrong. And by the time that I realized that something is wrong, Annalise was standing there with Corbus, and I took my earphones out, and I realized that I'd never plugged the vacuum cleaner in. <laughs> and so... I don't know how long, but <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> so um, I can only imagine how much fun Prophet Corbus was having while he was praying. So you guys know, obviously, activity is not necessarily effectivity. Yeah. <laughs> And I think sometimes, uh, you know, we can be very, very active, active in, you know, I don't know, you call it Christian life, you could call it church or whatever. But if that current is not there, you're not effective. And God wants to give you that current. God wants to send that current from heaven, and we need to plug into that. It's very simple. But I got that revelation in a very good and practical way. So, yeah. So, um, let's go. Romans, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Verse 1. He says, I appeal to you, brethren and sistren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting them as a living sacrifice. So the other day I realized. Thank God that Paul put it living before sacrifice there. Imagine, imagine if that word living was there and you just said, present your bodies as a sacrifice. My goodness, that's probably one of the most crucial words in the... In the well, and well-pleasing service and spiritual worship. He says, don't be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. So I want you to think about what we've been speaking about is that uh, repent, change your mind, turn to the Lord. Okay, why? When you turn, you're not conformed. You know, conformed means you look the same like everyone. It's just copy, 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 copy. Transformed, you're different. Transform is, if you think of a transformer. You know, uh, it changes, it's different. But, but confirmation. So he says, if you will change your mind, if you will renew your mind, he says you'll experience transformation. Okay, and transformation. So uh, if we go to Second Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians 3, he says, verse 15. Down to this very day, you know, whenever Moses is read, the veil lies upon there minds and their hearts, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. 
Then he says, the Lord is the Spirit. So when anyone turns to the Spirit, <laughs> whenever the Lord is the Spirit, when you turn to the Lord, when you turn to the Spirit, the veil is lifted. And he says, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says, all of us with an unveiled face continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are constantly, wow, being transfigured into His very image. I love this. I love the word constantly. 2 Corinthians 5 or 17 says, everything in Christ is a new creation. So it's not a self-improvement course. It's just you're new. Have you thought about that? You didn't become new and then you got old. You're new. Like right now, you're brand new. You're new. You're just new. I'm new all the time. I'm new. And uh, so I'm constantly transfigured into his image. One thing we need to do is we need to look. So we need to change our minds. And we need to look. We need to behold God. You know, God is always revealing himself. God is revealing new things. So we're going to see Jesus. We're going to, now in this time, we're going to see Jesus more. But we're going to see more of Jesus. <laughs> okay? We're going to see Jesus more, but we're going to see more of Jesus. So that's where the renewing of the mind is. I'm going to turn and I'm going to look. And as I behold, to see Jesus, I'm going to see more of him. And while I'm seeing more of him, I'm constantly being transfigured. <laughs> I'm constantly experiencing change. I don't become old and improved. I'm just new, new, new. New. I love that. Amen. I love that. So God wants us transformed, changed. And, and it's, it's very simple. It's just by accepting the invitation. Just accept the invitation to see Him. Amen. All right. So let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah. Chapter 41. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 41 verse 19, he says, I will plant in the wilderness the acacia, I know what that is, the myrtle and the wild olive. I will set the cypress in the desert, the plane tree and the pine tree together, that men may see and know and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created this. Okay. Go to verse 18. I will open rivers. Ooh, say rivers. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. That sounds a lot like revival to me. It sounds like being revived and being refreshed. Wow. I will open rivers. So I'm just going to write it down. Say rivers. Woo. Rivers. Rivers. So he's going to put rivers. Where is he going to put rivers? In the wilderness. He's going to put rivers in places where you wouldn't expect to see a river. <laughs> Dry places. And um, if you go to chapter 43... He says, verse 19, he says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. He says, Do you not perceive and know it, and will you not give heed to it? So I want you to see 
this thing about aligning your mind, cooperating with what God wants to do. Okay? He says, will you not perceive and know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. And what? Rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. So God wants to put rivers in the desert, in the dry places where you won't see it. Okay, so we also need to know that the Bible is, to understand it many times, you can take it literally, and sometimes you need to understand symbolic language. You know, we gave this example in church the other days, like when I say, the Lord is my shepherd, are you a sheep? We understand that we are people. So it's symbolic language, all right? And uh, someone put it well. They said that that's why if you get to the book of Revelation, people lose their minds because now it's real sheep with real horns and real dragons and real things. But it's a symbolic language. So there's a lot that you can take out from it. But if we understand symbolism, we understand, look, there's a genuine thing about rivers, but it's also speaking about symbolic things. So we're going to look at that. All right, so say rivers. So think about this. Where is he going to put rivers? Dry places. Jesus cried out in John 7 verse 37. He said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he says, I will cause what? Rivers to come from where? Your innermost being. So all of a sudden, you're a river in dry places. You're walking in town in places that's very dry. And you're a river there. <laughs> and God wants to take you and he wants to put rivers in dry places. Where is he going to call the rivers to come out from? Out of you. So we need to understand, yeah, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. So if we go to Genesis in the Meninging, chapter 2. Okay. While you're going there, Jesus goes into a wilderness controlled by the Spirit. Under the control of the Spirit, he goes into the wilderness fully controlled by the Spirit. Um, I was thinking, if you go to the scrapyard and you see all those cars there at the scrapyard, you get nice cars, you get Mercedes, you get nice cars, man. All kinds of really good cars. They're there at the scrapyard and they smashed up. Most of the times, there was nothing wrong with the car. It was who was driving the car. Imagine a car, instead of a car, us choosing a car, that the car would choose its drivers. That a car could go shopping and choose who's going to drive it. Think about it. Who would you allow to drive you? You know? So Jesus goes fully controlled by the Spirit of God. Fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. Going into a wilderness, going to a dry place. You know, Paul instructs us, hey, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. So God wants to get us to a place where what is driving us is that very thing inside of us that says, hey, out of your innermost being will flow rivers. So we need to cooperate with what God is trying to say. He says, renew, renew your mind. You need to renew your mind. For example, we're sitting here now, and some of you are present, and you're here. 
Some of you are not here. It's interesting. Some of you are, are thinking what's happening at home. Some of you are thinking about, did you lock the house properly? Thinking about, did I lock the house? Now you're here, but you're, you're not here. You're not here. Okay. So um, okay, let's, do, let's do a little test, a little game. Or I like this one. Okay, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, but promise to open them when I ask you to open them. All right? <laughs> so just close your eyes. I want you to use your imagination now. Okay, I want you to feel what's happening in this room. I want you to feel the atmosphere. You know, feel the, the temperature of the room. You know, be aware of the people sitting around. And just, just be here. All right? Now, I want you to think about spending a day with the funniest person you know, the day that you laughed so much. You laughed till you cried. You laughed till it hurt. Okay? Think about the temperature there. Think about the weather, whatever it is. All right? Now, come back and open your eyes. Isn't it amazing? I just gave you two different practices. I asked you to feel what's happening in the room, and then I asked you to go to this happy day. And when you went to that happy day, you forgot what was happening in the place. You lost awareness of what was happening here. And you could take your consciousness to a time in a different place. Okay, now, and this is something that I'm trying to practice because when we want God's presence, we need to be present. <laughs> when we want to experience what's happening in a place, we need to be present. We need to be conscious. You know, to be conscious and to be like, to have my attention gazed at Jesus, to experience transformation, I need to come out what Paul says is confirmation, just conforming. Conforming. It's amazing. I'm going to give this idea. It's the day you, can you remember the day you went for your learner's license? Or, yeah, no. Let's say you got your learner's license and then you went, someone, is this, uh, who's got like a teenager and you're teaching them how to, how to drive right now? Yo, okay. <laughs> okay. So now can you remember when you were in the car? When you put that first lever in gear, you put the clutch in, slowly, you put it in gear, and then you slowly release the clutch, you put it, and then you stall. And you're concentrating, doing all kinds of things, okay, to get there. You're there, you're present in the car, as opposed to how you got to church tonight. Most of you guys don't even know how you got here. Most of you guys don't even remember the route that you took. You just know you got in the car and you ended up here. You did it unconsciously. Some of us can sit in a meeting unconsciously. It's, it's just a... Exactly. Exactly. Okay, but this is really powerful. It's actually really powerful. If we actually are more intentional about what we're doing, why we're worshiping, um, why we're coming to church, when we listen to the Word and we actually participate with it, 
we are transforming. When we are just coming as a matter of conforming and it's just patterns, I'm just doing the same thing as what I'm always doing. That's what Jesus said. Repent. Turn your mind. Look. You know, and you experience transformation. So we, in the time of the latter rain, we need to ask. And we need to be intentional about what God wants to do now. And we need to say, Father, we want to do it. You know, in our church with harvest, I said, yes, let's pray for harvest. But what if harvest comes? What if harvest comes? You know, think about it. Think about it. Think the amount of people that's going to come into these doors. And you can deal with them. Are you ready for that? You have to be ready for that. You have to be aligned with what God wants to do. You have to say, Lord, I want it. Lord, I'm, I'm ready. I'm dreaming it. I'm seeing it. I'm visualizing it. I'm not just saying it. So you have to see it. Habakkuk chapter 2, he says, I will stand on my watch. I will position myself to see, you know, to see what the Lord is saying. I will look. I'm going to take control. I'm not going to just be in the motion. I'm going to be conscious. Uh, so I like, I like to use the word conscious Christianity. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I want to show you there's some cool things that has been coming out of, of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 2, and uh, we're going to start drawing some pictures. Genesis chapter 2. Check this out. So you ready? Are you guys still here? Yeah. Good. Stay here. Yeah, be conscious. They say, remember the old analogy, they say religion is a is a man sitting in church thinking about fishing. Relationship, they say, is a man fishing. <laughs> Not thinking about church, but thinking about God. No, but anyway, so just, just be here. Be here. So you know the story. Verse, um, I just want to say what's necessary because there's a lot that that I would love to touch on with this, but just something cool. He says in Genesis chapter 2, he says, When no plant of the field was yet in the earth, no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it yet to rain upon the earth. You must, um, I don't know how many guys, the net translation is not very popular in South Africa, but the net translation uh, actually gives a, a cool interpretation to that scripture, and it says, for the God had not yet caused rivers to spring forth, or springs to come forth from the ground. It just puts it nicer to me. And he says, there was a field. He says, no plant of the field was yet in the earth. And so there is a field, and there was no plant yet. And he says, why? There was two reasons, because there was no man to till the ground. So they had to be in the field. In order for there to be plants, there had to be a man. And there had to be rain, there had to be water, there had to be that kind of thing. But now it's interesting, it says, they went up a mist from the land, and says, and watered the surface. Then it says, and then, when that happened, it says, God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It says, man became a living being. So bear with me, but you're going to enjoy this. He says, God planted a garden. Say, say garden. garden. So it's not anything to do with the field. Because 
you have a field and then you have a garden. Yeah, there was a field and he said a man had to plant in the field. But now what God did, he planted a garden. <laughs> God planted a garden. That man had nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, man would have to work on that. But God took a garden after he made man and he planted this garden. And you know what happened? He says, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree, not man. So it didn't really have much to do with, with, with Adam. It wasn't you make something grow from the field. No, God planted a garden. And he said he caused everything to grow out of this garden. It's beautiful. And then he says, um, you know, the tree of life was there, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says a river went out of Eden to water the garden. Come on, think about this, river. A river went out of Eden to water the garden. And then it goes on to speak about the river at four heads. But see this picture. There's a garden that God planted. And in this, God caused all these trees to grow. And there was a river feeding the garden. And then it says, uh, verse 15, The Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. Okay? All right, I'm not going to focus on the whole tree of life thing, uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil and that story. But God put man in the garden, in this garden that is fed by this river. And he says, guard it, keep it, look after it. You know what I understand is when there's a garden that God made, it's perfect. You don't want anything else to come in there. So God says, you know, to, to Adam, just look after it. Just do what I say. Just look after it. You know what's amazing is um, Proverbs chapter 4. God gives you the exact instruction. He says, guard and keep your heart. What does he say? Why must you guard? For out of it will what? Flow. The issues of life. Other translations is the springs. <laughs> springs of life. That, and it makes me think. It's amazing. Jesus also said, out of your innermost being will flow. So God actually, do you know your heart is a garden? Your mind is a garden? And that God wants that to be His garden? You know, and I think about God's garden. I don't, sometimes I think there's, there's a lot to learn out of Genesis. But I think that it's speaking a lot. One can take it, maybe you can take it literally. Maybe there's a lot of symbolic um, language in it, which I I'm leaning on tonight very much. I think the garden was a lot. It's like, it's like God's thoughts. It's like it's perfect. You know, imagine in your heart, I've said it before, but that the only thing that's going through your mind is what God's thinking about you. Imagine if the only thoughts that you were thinking was God's thoughts about you. And it wasn't, it, there was no other thorn and thistle that came by someone. There was no other feeling that came from someone who said something ugly about you and you adopted that as in your garden and it's growing in mine imagine if it was only God's and what God said about you yeah I like that all right so 
check this out. If you have a look at Genesis chapter 3, and just after Eve ate the mango, you know, it was a mango, and it wasn't the apple. And we know you would have had good teaching. The Bible says that fruit, you know, those who eat of it will eat you know, the fruit. Fruit is words. Fruits, words, not mangoes and, and apples. All right? Check. God comes walking in the garden. You know the story. And he says, Adam, where are you? You know where the Bible says that Adam hid amongst the trees? Try it. Try and hide behind a tree. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean he's hiding behind the olive tree or a peach tree and hiding himself. If we understand that we are trees, and if you put on fig leaves, have you seen what fig leaves mean in the Bible? It's speaking of self-righteousness. Yeah, it's self-righteousness hiding in my conscience. And if you can hide there, but we know God wants to cause rivers to flow from the inside of you. He says, Adam, where are you? Adam hid himself. He says, I was afraid because, you know. And two questions that always comes up is, Adam, you know, where are you? And uh, then he says, who told you? You were naked. Those are very important. And I want to say that, you know, maybe I do this a lot. I tell people to take a, a pen and paper and write down the two questions. Where are you? Who told you? And you can include who are you? And answer those questions. Take every answer that's what you believe about yourself, okay? Who told you that you can't be successful? Who told you that you can't make it? Who told you whatever? You'll find the end of those horrible answers that you believe that don't come from God, it's just a lie. It's the enemy that came. And if you can get back to the point of what God said about you, aligning your thoughts with what God is saying. Okay, so check this out. Um, and we go to, uh, let's go to verse 17. Because you have listened and given to uh, the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I have commanded you, saying, you shall not eat. The ground is under a curse. How many of you guys know that you've been redeemed from the curse? Hallelujah. So just for those, okay. It says, thorns and thistles it shall bring for you, and you shall eat the plants, what? Of the field. You're going to go back and you're going to have to work on your own garden. I had this garden. Now you need to work on your own garden. He says, so back to the field out of the, from the garden. Okay. So now check this out. If we understand what, there's a garden. And you know what the garden is called? Eden. Do you know what the word Eden means? It means the light. There is a garden, and means delight. Did you know that in your garden, whatever grows in your garden is what you delight in? Whatever grows in your field is what you're delighting in. God had a garden, and he called it Eden. And this is a garden of delight. So check out Psalm chapter 1. Love it. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but what? His Delight is in the law of the Lord. You could say in the principles of God. It says, okay, he will be what? 
like a tree planted where? By the rivers. Okay? So he's giving you a whole picture of, hey, if you will delight in the principles of God, he says you're going to be a tree planted by the waters. He says you're going to bear fruit. Uh, Psalm 1 says, in season, Jeremiah 17 says, in and out of season. <laughs> says your leaves will not wither. Come on, we're speaking about revival, being refreshed, and this is a practical thing. Align your thoughts. Get the delight around what God is doing. Get the delight in the Word of God. Get your delight in, in how God operates. When you do, he says you'll be a, like a tree. And he says, like a, you could say, you'll have a garden of Eden. <laughs> okay, a garden of delight. And whatever you delight, he says, it will grow there. Amen? I mean, guys, like, it, there's a lot of really cool things. And if we, if we take it further and we understand what Jesus did by opening the way to the tree of life <laughs> for us. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I really love this kind of stuff. I love the Word of God. All right. Good. All right. So say, I'm a tree planted by waters. Okay, by the waters, by rivers. Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, I will cause rivers of living water to flow. Rivers of living water to come forth from, from, him, from him. Okay, so let's go there. Hallelujah. John chapter 7, verse, verse 37 says, Now on the final, most important day of the feast, Jesus stood. He cried in a loud voice. He says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who clings to and trusts and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And it says he was speaking here of the spirit. Okay, so you're speaking about the Spirit. How many of you guys know that you, you have the Spirit of God inside of you? All right, so let's see if we can just draw this picture. Woo! Do you think I can do it? It's a tree. You're going to be a tree that is planted by the waters. That is, what is that? Can anyone tell me what is that? Yes! Got it right. Yeah. Tree planted by the waters. Okay. And it says, and you're going to bear fruit in a season. All right. Thank you, Father. So you're trees of righteousness. You're a tree of life. Okay. You are a river in the wilderness. You know what? God is going to send rivers into movie theaters. God is sending rivers, and I must be careful with this one, even into bars and things like that. People are going to go to bars and find rivers of living water. Um, you're going to go to any kind of place, and you are a river. Say, God, send me. Use me as a river. Okay, I want to bear fruit in season. But it comes by not delighting. You know, not walking and finding counsel in the ungodly, but building your delight in the Word of God, building your delight in the Spirit of God, you'll experience times of refreshing. 
Come on. All right. So one thing I just want to add. He says, he who delights in the Lord plants his delight. How many guys know that if you're struggling with fruit, how many of you guys have ever tried to change your fruit? <laughs> Can't do it. But how many of you guys have ever tried to just change your root? If you just focus on, on the root, you'll see the fruit. And Jesus always, and Paul writes, and he says, hey, we don't look to the visible. We look to the invisible. And you guys know the most important is the invisible and where you're planted. I want to encourage you guys, for those who attend this church, you know, it's not about coming to church. It's about planting in these words of life. And in this time where revived is all over, plant in there. Cooperate with it. You know, like align your thoughts, align your mind and say, Lord Jesus, we're going to look to you. We're going to see a mighty revival. I'm telling you, even with our church back home, we just started preaching it. People just started coming in and we can see the change already. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? So acknowledge it. Come on. Just acknowledge the Spirit of God right now. Let's, let's just, I'm going to help you. If you'll acknowledge the Spirit of God inside of you, you'll be a river in dry places. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do something practical. I want you to stand with me. Thank you, Father. I want you to know and I want you to be conscious of what I'm speaking of now, okay? Of the Spirit that is on the inside of you, that it is moving and that... In a sense that, that when you move and when you go out, that, that there is a river on the inside of you, okay? So I remember when I was uh, praying, and I've shared the story before, and I asked God to use me. And um, I was out on a beach, and I said, God, I want to be used by God. I want to have your voice. I want to go give people, you know, words of life, and I want to prophesy, and I want to, you know, speak words like what Jesus said at the well, uh, the woman at the well. And I remember I saw that one lady. How many of you guys remember the story? And um, when I went to this, this lady, I said, Lord, just give me a word for this lady. And uh, when I went to the lady, I said, I always say, I, re I resorted to my default prophetic word. And I said, I went to her, and I said, how many of you guys know there's a default prophetic word? It's called Jesus loves you, and he has a plan for your life. <laughs> we could laugh about it, but if you go to someone, there's exact words that they need to hear. All right. I said, give me her name. And she said to me, God spoke to me, you could say. But I, I thought in my mind, I said... I'm just going to call this lady Machta. I'll never forget this day. It was one of the most awesome experiences in my life. So you know what I went to her and I said, what is your name? She said, something completely different. I said to her, you know what? I saw you sitting here and just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. <laughs> and that he has a plan for your life. You know what she said? She said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I was just sitting here 
waiting for God just to tell me that He cares for me. Jesus said, if you come to me, you'll never thirst again. And um, I'll tell you the rest of the story. I, I walked away discouraged because, oh Lord, I didn't hear your voice. And she was over the moon. And I went back to her and I said to her, excuse me, ma'am, what is, who's Magda? So she said, why you want to know? So I just, just want to know. And she said, it's my second name. Magda is my second name. So I said, you know what, ma'am? Jesus loves you. <laughs> He's got a plan for your life. But I realize, you know, people are thirsty. People are thirsty. I said, you know, people go, you see how thirsty they are. People go to queues. They don't realize um, they stand in queues for iPhones and for, you know, people sleep in queues for for iPhone, <laughs> for, a, for a computer, whatever. And then the next year when the next iPhone comes out, they're thirsty again. And I, on the inside, I'm just screaming and I say, Lord Jesus, send me as a river to dry places. Send me as a river to people who are crying out. And says, Lord, we will, we will, we're going to see a time of refreshment. So put your hand on your stomach. And I want, I'm going to pray. So, Father, I thank you. Right now, when I'm looking at people here, I'm looking at a, at a mighty move of God. I'm looking at a people that are brave and courageous to go in as conscious Christians. That are ready to take hold and lay hold of South Africa. Lay hold of our workplaces. Lay hold of our families. Lay hold of what's happening and allow the Spirit of God to move. So I prophesy. Father, we thank you, Father. It's time now. There's going to be an, a releasing, a gushing forth of rivers. Father, we turn to you. We look to you right now, Holy Spirit. We look to the Spirit of God. Woo, come on, lift your eyes, church. Lift them. And we're going to see Jesus. Jesus, 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 hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.